you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Molly. Molly, the royals are back and nonstop. So much going on. I know. It's great. So much is happening. They're keeping us on our toes for sure. Yeah, believe, believe us, we are just as relieved as you are. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Kate and William's trip to Ireland. Now, the couple went from the Bond red carpet to Northern Ireland for their first joint post-pandemic trip. It's nice to see them out and about. And they, they got a lot accomplished in just a couple days. Yes, they they visited Derry, which is in Northern Ireland, and they went to the Ulster University McGee campus and they just they hit every aspect of Irish life, I would say. Yeah. You know, we see Kate playing soccer, football, um, and then they were drinking some whiskey together. It looked like it was a good time. It looks like they had a lot of fun. Yeah. And they had Tato's, which everyone who's been to Northern Ireland knows is like their sacred potato chip that everybody loves. <laughs> and and Kate apparently didn't drink the whiskey. And some people were speculating a little bit on that. But I don't know. Do you think it's probably just because like drinking whiskey in broad daylight at work is not like the best look? I think that's it. I mean, we talked to one of our royal esper- experts a couple of weeks ago and he was like, you know, I, don't, I really don't think that they're going to go for baby number four. Um, but yeah, maybe she just didn't feel like it was the right time or the place. Um, but girl, I wouldn't pass up a good, a good uh shot of whiskey <laughs> i know as long as there weren't cameras getting the face you make after you drink it like i'd be down but yeah when you've got all those cameras it's a, that's, that's a little true. dodgy that is true all right well following his return to london prince william visited the homeless charity the passage to celebrate its 40 years of life-changing work now this uh, the passage is special to him for a number of different reasons but it definitely has a tie to princess diana Yes. So he said in his caption about the visit that he first visited the passage when he was a small boy with his mother. Um, So that's really great that he's still in touch and doing so much work with them and everything and that they've been in business for 40 years. It's just really an amazing story. Yeah, it really is. He says every time that he comes here, there he is touched by their warmth and their friendliness and the dignity and respect that they show everybody that comes through the door. He also shared a photo of Diana at the passage as well. So it's definitely something that means a lot to him and 40 years later it's great that he's uh returned and and uh you know made his presence known i think diana would be very proud 
Yeah, really a great cause that, you know, is always something people should pay attention to. Definitely. All right. Well, if anybody is in the market for a new job, the Duke and Duchess are hiring. The couple are looking for a personal assistant to add to their team. And it seems like, you know, you, you know, you're required to do the personal assistant duties. And I feel like they must have a ton of applicants that apply for this. Yes. Every time I see a news story about it, I feel bad for whoever has to sift through all of the applications because there just must be so many. So what they're looking for is someone who will manage their schedules, arrange meetings, draft letters, letters and emails (laughs) and assist with events and travel. So it sounds like a great gig. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's sort of pretty well known that the Royals don't give the most competitive salaries, but you get to hang out in a castle all day. Right. So you, you get even bra- Prince George. Right. Yes. You get bragging rights. <laughs> I know. I don't believe that this would probably be a live in position. Who knows? But they, they do for some of the positions, obviously like you can, they have uh, room and board there. So I feel like that's probably why they feel like they can overcompensate for or not compensate as much in their salaries. But yeah, we don't know how much this one pays, but like you said, it's just pretty cool to be rubbing elbows with uh, the Duke and Duchess. Absolutely. All right. Well, this was really exciting. Queen Elizabeth stepped out for her very first public duty in two months with Prince Charles and they marked the start or the official planting season in the UK by laying down new roots for a copper beech tree heralding for the Queen's upcoming Platinum Jubilee. This was, uh, it was great to see her out and about. She was, you know, mingling with uh, children, planting a tree and all in celebration of her upcoming Platinum Jubilee. Yeah, and she she taught a bunch of children how to plant the tree too. Well, I'm sure she didn't teach them. I bet <laughs> Prince Charles was giving them a few pointers because we know he has a green thumb. But yeah, the, these kids um, who are undertaking the Junior Forester, Forester Award, they were there with the Queen and Prince Charles and they all just had, you know, I guess a great little afternoon of planting. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great afternoon. And after that, she made a trip to Scotland and made some remarks about her late husband, Prince Philip. Take a look at this. I have spoken before of my deep and abiding affection for this wonderful country and of the many happy memories Prince Philip and I always held of our time here. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it breaks your heart. You know, you think about, you know, all the years they spent together and all the memories that they created. And, you know, she's, you know, touched on him just a little bit in this speech, but it seemed like they had a lot of fun times in Scotland together. Yeah, I think Scotland was such a huge place for them. You know, I mean, he was the Duke of Edinburgh. So that is clearly it, it was something that they wanted to always keep top of mind. They're all, they were always at Balmoral doing their uh, yearly holiday. So, yeah, it definitely seems like the perfect time to give him a little shout out. Definitely. Now, do we know, is this her first like abroad trip since the pandemic? I know that she, obviously she spends a lot of time in Scotland and at Balmoral, but is this like her first official like, I guess, stately duty over there in a while? I think it might be because she she definitely did, obviously, a lot of Zoom stuff. But yeah, it feels like it's been a while since we saw photos of her actually doing something. Right, yeah, speaking publicly, like in a public place with a lot of other people. And uh, Prince Charles and uh, Duchess Camilla were there as well. They made the trip. So it was nice to see her out and about and, um, of course, paying homage to her late husband. So 
It's nice. Nice to see the queen. Yeah. Um, And nice to see things going back to normal. Just the fact that they're opening parliament in person with the crown jewels and the kilts. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the kind of stuff that we missed. (laughs) Yes. We are getting back to normal, hopefully. All right. So it is time to spill the royalty and it is being reported that Prince William was the one that vetoed Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's Windsor christening. So they're basically saying that Prince William was the one that said, you know, I don't think that this is a good idea if Harry and Meghan come back and christen Lilibet. I don't know if I believe this one. What about you? I'm of two minds with this because on the one hand, I I totally understand why he wouldn't want them to come and do it. Yeah. Because obviously things have been really strained between them all. But I think the other thing is if you actually – and people are going to probably get mad at me for saying this, but if you actually care about christening your baby and the religious aspect of it, it's not really about where you do it. It's Mm -hmm. just about kind of getting it done, you know? So it is like, I understand it's tradition for the Royal babies to be christened in Windsor and it's a beautiful place and everything. Um, But I I don't know. I just think if, if they're going to have a party for a little bit, it seems weird to do like a late christening, it, it just doesn't seem like the right way to do it. Right. I don't know. What I, do you think? I kind of, I agree with you. And also like he didn't want to be a part of the royal family. So you want to have a royal christening or, you know, keeping that. Tra- I, it's so hard because on one hand, he is part of the family. So you want him to have those traditions, but also he didn't want to have those traditions. So it's like, where is this balance? I also don't know if Prince William has the authority to veto that. Like, I feel like the queen would have the ultimate decision. Um, I agree. Maybe, yeah. But maybe Prince William, you know, gave his opinion and was like, I don't think that this is necessary. Also, if they came over and did that, it's what everybody would be talking about. So I, I feel like they should just, you know, christen the baby in California if that's what they want. And then maybe like um, Joe Little said to us last week, maybe they go back over there for the holidays this, this year and kind of do it that way. Right. Like that's not really the point of a christening. It's not right. really supposed to be like a big trip and like a splashy thing. It's just yeah. supposed to, it's really kind of just a run of the mill, like church service. And I also think to your point that William might not be the one with veto power. Right. We all remember from their big interview how they said that the Archbishop of Canterbury was the one was married them a few days early. And then yeah. he was like, no, I didn't. Right. So right. he's yeah. in charge of the church of England and I, that's a little awkward too. Yeah. So I don't know. And he might've been also in the background sort of like, well, what, what if we do this? And then three, they come out and say that they actually christened her in the backyard three days earlier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's true. I like, we've talked about it multiple times. It's like the trust factor between the Royal family and Prince Harry and Meghan must be down to pr- probably none because you don't know if you give a little, if they're going to run to the press or things like that. So I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into what they can, cannot do and can, cannot say to them. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But moving on to uh, Netflix premiered the Diana the Musical uh, is premiering on Broadway later this year or early next year. But we got a sneak peek of it. And a lot of people are like, what is fact? What is fiction in this? What did you think? So I am going to be honest. I didn't watch the whole thing yet because I'm waiting to savor it. I want to get like a really good meat pie because that's very British and Uh like sit down with a glass of wine and watch it because I've seen some clips and it looks 
like kind of wild. What do you it think? Look, it does look a little wild. I did watch a little bit of it. It's, um, but yes, they're, they definitely, of course, took some liberties like they did with the crown and things like that. You know, they're saying that Camilla picked out a necklace for Princess Diana as a gift from Prince Charles when they were dating. That's likely fiction. We don't know if that is true. Um, you know, I believe it. Yeah, no, that's, that, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably true. And obviously Camilla attended the royal wedding. So they, there are things that are true, false and, you know, it's it's going to be like a good, enjoyable show, I think. Yeah, it seems I mean, I've, I have been reading some of the fact checking pieces that are out there about it. And it seems, you know, about as factual as the crown, if not a little more so, you know, like obviously the, the music is made up for the show. It's not from their real conversations. Right. <laughs> they weren't actually singing to each other. But yeah, I think it seems like you know, musicals are just, as long as it captures like the spirit of the situation, I feel like that's really good. So, and it looks like it's really fun and interesting. This episode is brought to you by Apostrophe. Are you like me? Someone who has spent a lot of money on a cabinet full of skin treatments, but has no idea what half of them do? Well, Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board certified dermatologist online. You'll be treated right away and your medications will be delivered to your home. So you won't have to leave your house. It's truly amazing. And one thing I really like about Apostrophe is their packaging. The unboxing experience is fantastic. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash royallyus when you use our code royallyus. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash royallyus and click begin visit. Then use our code royallyus at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash royallyus and use that code royallyus to get your dermatology visit and save $15. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. All right, well, Rami Malek is spilling the details of what it was like to rub elbows with the royals at the James Bond premiere. And it turns out it was pretty normal. I mean, they, I mean, Rami said to Entertainment Tonight that he wanted to keep the conversation as normal as possible, ask them how they're doing, how the kids are, and, you know, just have like a normal conversation with your friends. I feel like this is the ultimate humble brag, though, on Rami Malek's part to just be like, I ask them how they're doing. I ask them what's going on in their lives. Like as if he doesn't, right, as if he doesn't know what's going on in their lives. And uh-huh. yeah, it's like, all right, we get it. You've met them more than once. Like, yeah, congratulations. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> he said that he sat in back of them during the premiere and it seemed that they really enjoyed the Bond film. And I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but Kate looked absolutely amazing in that gold dress. Oh my gosh, oh. I loved it. It was so, so, so good. And just so great to see them all out and about and like on a red carpet getting glammed up. William had a velvet smoking jacket on. We, we all didn't notice that because Kate looked so stunning. Like they really did it. They pulled out all the stops. Yeah, it was awesome. I think that might be one of my favorite looks on her of all time. Like it was, yes. it was awesome. I also love that uh, Snoop Dogg randomly came out and said that he is friends with William and Harry as well. So it seems like they have a lot of famous friends, but this one might be the most, um, interesting or not expected <laughs> yeah i mean if anyone can broker peace between them it should be snoop dog <laughs> i totally agree with you i love that so much but just a funny little uh, little anecdote all right well it is time to break down our royal rules and to help us do that is elizabeth holmes who will be featured in cnn's new six-part series diana 
Elizabeth, it's always great to speak with you, and we're so excited to have you on to talk all about this new CNN uh, six-part series, Diana. We watched the first episode, and it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, how does this series show Diana in a new light? You know, I think for um, certainly my generation of royal watchers, this is a chance to really learn about Diana, right? I, I grew up, I'm like, I'm not young, but I'm just young enough that I didn't grow up watching her in real time. And to learn about her um, as I was researching my book, HRH, was sort of really eye-opening. I've watched Kate and Megan for a long time and understanding Diana, you know, is sort of like a foundation to royal fashion, certainly. And what I think that this docuseries does so well is like lay out her very complicated life and legacy. You know, she um, was so young when she married into the royal family and so young when she died and so much happened that I love that there's this six-part series that, you know, sort of covers all of it. So one thing that Diana and Kate and Megan have in common is obviously that they all married into the royal family. And whenever that happens, there are these rumors about how premeditated it is. So can you tell us, did Diana really have a poster of Prince Charles in her bedroom? I think the one the one little factoid that I think about a lot with Diana um, is that she had the nickname Dutch um, as a kid, and that was short for Duchess. And I think that she did have royal aspirations. And you have to remember too, like if you rewind to like the late seventies, eighties when Diana hit the scene, um, Prince Charles was like the world's most eligible bachelor. You know, I mean, he was the heir to the throne, and he was sort of this like stud, and like everybody. I think wanted to marry Charles and certainly Diana had that royal proximity, right? Like her family was part of, you know, was, was just next to the Royal family. And so, yeah, I would, um, I would imagine that it was not, um, it was, it was, a, that it was a, a fantasy of hers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charles does look good in that archival footage. Sometimes it's like, Oh, <laughs> he was like on a boat, like on a yacht. Like I remember these pictures I saw of him and I was like, oh my God, like it's not the Charles obviously we know today. I mean, he was like, he was a heartthrob and everybody was sort of wondering like, who are you going to pick? And he was older, right? He was in his thirties and it was like time. And so that's yeah. a big part of the story too. Like everyone was like, tick, tick, you got to make an heir. Yeah. Well, that kind of like, you know, it's interesting when, you know, you learn about their courtship too and why they, and like how they got engaged and they only spent like what, 13 times together before he popped yeah. the question and none of those times were alone yeah, like how do you make so that brief. type of decision at that time it was so brief and i think that that sort of speaks to how he was approaching this and the pressures that he was feeling it was like you got to find somebody that checks all these boxes mm -hmm. and then it was sort of like a formality almost because we know now clearly he was um, romantically interested <laughs> in camilla and had you know had the pressure certainly of the throne and here he was and he was like okay this you know here's a young woman who has no history um and checks all these boxes and she was just you know like all hard eyes you know and like about the whole thing and and so young i mean 19 right like she's making this huge life decision without you know a stable family behind her much guidance really um and then so now, I mean, looking back in hindsight, it's very easy to find all the red flags, right? And be like, oh my God, like, what were you all thinking? But I think then, you know, it was like, we're marching forth, you know, we're doing our duty. He was doing his duty. He was finding a bride who would produce an heir and she was, you know, 
a teenager swept up in it all. And like, it's just really understandable to me how all this went wrong, but also how it happened in the first place. You know, she said that she felt like a lamb, like a lamb to slaughter and she couldn't do anything about it. You know, we we talked about maybe Charles feeling the pressure to marry Diana, but maybe Diana felt the pressure to marry Charles as well once she kind of got into this and maybe felt a little in over her head. Yeah, you know, I think about the, you know, we obviously have those words from her, right? Like she recorded those tapes and we have a sense of how she looked back on it um, and how scary it must have been. But I do think that like once she said yes, she was sort of on a runaway train almost, you know, like it was out of her control. She had to sort of, she was swept up in all of it and didn't have much of a voice or a say and how difficult that would be. Like, how would she know what to do? How would she know when to speak up for herself? And could she even, you know I mean? There's so many questions about that. Um, it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> All right. Definitely excited to watch the entire series. Uh, we watched the first episode and it's really fantastic. So everybody should definitely check it out. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to our Royal History Moment of the Week, and we have some more info on what Prince Charles plans to do when it comes to his living situation when he becomes king. We did talk about this a few weeks ago, but it seems like more information is kind of trickling out about this. Yes, so it seems like this is the plan. He is going to open Buckingham Palace mostly to the public, and and what they're calling it, what the sources are calling it, is he's going to live in a flat above the shop. <laughs> um, and I think that's great. I think this is kind of what people are going to want from him because, you know, the queen has her own brand of, like, stardust and amazingness that everyone loves. And I think Charles can come in and be a little more pragmatic and get win people over by just sort of being like, look, we're not spending all your tax money. We're, we're opening things up to the public. It's all for you guys and us like to be a little more egalitarian, I think is going to be really good for his brand. I think so too. And he's also maybe uh, thinking about turning Balmoral into a, a, a museum and that Kate and William, we talked about this, will likely move to Windsor to be a little bit closer. Um, so it seems like he wants to slim down the monarchy and make it more accessible to the public to kind of, you know, relive history all over again which is yeah living in windsor yeah living in windsor castle would be like dream (laughs) insane it's huge like i can't even imagine that and belmoral becoming a museum that one actually made me a little sad because i was like oh man they're like never gonna spend august in scotland again after (laughs) the queen passes away because it's right cold it's cold everyone else in this country goes to like the mediterranean in august and the royal family is like we're gonna go north (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny yeah that's probably probably not going to be uh the destination anymore (laughs) yeah all right well before we wrap up we have to check in on our royal kids and princess beatrice has revealed the name of her daughter and i really like this name Yes, Sienna Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. It's very different. I would not have thought it would be Sienna, but of course, uh, her husband is Italian and Sienna is an Italian name. And then Elizabeth is, we all know, for the queen. Yeah, very nice. I like I like that name a lot. Very pretty. Um, and we also found out what Prince George may be into. Take a look at this. George is so upset. She was not going to believe it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it seems like Prince George, just like probably every little boy, is all about snakes. <laughs> I know. Does that make him a Slytherin? I think it might. Right. <laughs> I love it. I feel like we haven't seen the royal kids in so long. It's been like since the summer, since like I think Kate and William released that like family video. I don't think we've really seen them since then. Yeah, we saw them only last week in that pub photo. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But that was like stealthy photo. Yeah. It was not really officially sanctioned. I know. Um but we, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get back to school pictures soon or no, they've already been back to school. They've back, been back to school. I think they said this year that they weren't going to be releasing them for some reason. So um, mm -hmm. you'll have to check back in. Uh, I'm sure everybody in the comments might know why. Um, but, but yes, they said that they weren't releasing back to school photos this year. So we really haven't seen much of them. Whenever the next birthday is, I'm sure we'll get a new official photo. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. All right. Well, Molly, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. Thank you, Christina. All right. For much more of the Royals, head on over to usmagazine.com and check back every Wednesday on Us Weekly's YouTube channel for Royally Us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.